Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help you get unstuck so you can do what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner-Khan. I create a list of everything I do on a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month basis, and I try to prioritize it by the easiest things to take off my plate. And I try to figure out how do I get two, three, four, five, ten 10 hours a week back and starting with everything at the top of my list, systematizing and delegating. Today on episode 538 of Smashing the Plateau, I'm here with the CEO of Outsource School, Nathan Hirsch. When there's unprecedented disruption, we can look to entrepreneurs like Nathan to learn how to see unexpected opportunities and pivot to take advantage of them. I'm going to ask Nathan how he has evolved as a successful entrepreneur, often creating structure out of chaos and much more. You can find out more about Nathan along with all of our previous episodes at smashingtheplateau.com. Right now, digital marketing is more important than ever to keep your business going. Your clients need to know you're here to help them deal with their challenges. Our friends at SiteHub have many resources to help your audience stay aware of how you can help them. Contact SiteHub today at YourSiteHub.com. That's YourSiteHub.com. Now let's welcome Nathan Hirsch. Nathan is an entrepreneur and expert in remote hiring and e-commerce. He co-founded FreeUp with $5,000 and grew it to $12 million a year in revenue. FreeUp was then acquired in 2019. It is a marketplace that connects businesses with pre-vetted freelancers in e-commerce, digital marketing, and much more. Nathan has sold over $30 million online and regularly appears on leading business podcasts around the world. Nathan, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be back. It's great to have you on again. So you and I met in 2017, the first time you were on Smashing the Plateau. And we've stayed in touch. I've watched your growth as an entrepreneur since then. And honestly, I've been continually impressed with the journey. I I appreciate that. It's been a fun ride. You never really know how you're going to end up. I mean, before before we talked in 2017... I had been an Amazon seller for seven years, and I thought that that I was going to be selling an e-commerce forever. And then you fast forward a little bit, and I'm running the Freeup Marketplace. And then you fast forward a little bit past that, and we've sold Freeup, and and we're we're on to our our next venture, Outsource School. So entrepreneurship has a a funny way of throwing you around. Yeah, so how do you deal with that? (laughs) Uh, You take it day by day. You focus on short-term goals. I think I'm a I'm much more of a short-term person. I tend to not look out too far. One thing that helps me is I have a business partner who has the same values, the same beliefs as me, but is much more of a long-term thinker, a long-term planner. And I think we complement each other very well. I mean, my mindset's always been, hey, if we don't figure out how to grow this thing now, if we don't figure out how to get sales and maximize this week, this month, then the future doesn't really matter. And my other flip side of it is, there's just so many changes. I mean, e-commerce changed from year one to year seven when I was in there. The freelance industry is changing even now with COVID, crazy changes. So trying to plan out five years while that used to make sense doesn't really make sense anymore because everything's different in five years. So I'm much more focused on the short term and doing small, consistent things every single day that you wake up in six months, you wake up in a year and you you say, wow, I've accomplished a lot. What is it? take internally to be able to focus on just doing small, consistent things every day? I think for me, it's a lot about time management, but not, I don't think it's time management the way most people think about it. For me, I like to figure out what times of the day that I'm most productive to do different things, because 
at least for me as an entrepreneur, I'm doing different things. I'm working out right now. I'm working on courses. I'm going on podcasts. I've got, uh, I reach out into entrepreneurs every single day to network. I work out and there's stuff in your personal life too. And not only figuring out how do I squeeze this in every day, but figuring out what times am I the best at doing these things. So we're recording a podcast at 11 a.m. Eastern time. That's the earliest that I like to do podcasts. I like to keep my podcast between 11 and 2 p.m. because I find that if I do them in the morning, they don't come out as good. If I do them later in the day, I'm tired from the day and, and they don't come out as well either. And from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m., that's my most productive time in the day. So whatever my most important, urgent task is, whatever big project I'm working on, that's when I'm working on it, the first two hours that I'm awake. Then I go do my podcast, and then the end of the day, I can do phone calls, which don't, yeah, they require effort, but it's not the same as the podcast and the most important thing of the day. So figuring out not only what you should be doing every day, but the specific periods of time that you're the best or that you enjoy doing those things, I think this is a key to doing the same thing consistently over time and not just waking up one day and, and skipping something you need to do. Yeah. Nathan, how did you learn to that, that you needed this kind of structure? A lot of trial and error, a lot of doing podcasts at 7 a.m. or doing them at 8 o'clock at night when I was exhausted and and figuring out, hey, I, I need to move this around. I mean, the other side of it is I'm honestly not that great at doing it. If I'm just organizing my calendar myself, it becomes a mess. I have a tough time saying no to people or, hey, I already have one podcast or two podcasts today. I, I can't add one more. So I have a virtual assistant who I just gave ownership to my calendar. If anyone wants to book a time with me, I give her the booking link. I put her in touch with them and she makes sure that I don't wake up one day to five podcasts or where, Hey, I was planning on doing this big project, but I can't because I have all these other things scheduled during my most productive time. So it's a combination of learning when you're the most productive by doing it for a while and then having an assistant that can control it. If that's something that, that you're not particularly good at. Right. So structure, knowing what you're good at, what you're not good at, knowing what is most effective for you to delegate and then finding people that are good for you to delegate those tasks to. Yeah, that, that's really been the key. And you kind of make small tweaks over time. I mean, I, I started being an entrepreneur when I was 20. I, I wasn't waking up at 7 a.m. when I was 20. But over time, you you kind of tweak it and you make adjustments to how your lifestyle changes and, and what, what you want to do. Right. And it sounds to me also like these key ingredients of structure and delegation are also part of what works well in thinking about virtual assistants, um, how to work with virtual assistants, and probably has a lot of the same ingredients for the virtual assistant business. Yeah. I mean, my mentality and Connor, my business partner and partner's mentality has always been that we don't want to do repetitive tasks for longer than 90 days. So we're building this new company now, Outsource School. There's lots of systems, lots of processes. We, we don't have a team to start. We we so we didn't sell our team, but the team was part of the acquisition with FreeUp. So we're building it from scratch. And a lot of it is old stuff that we have an organic playbook that we know, hey, we want to go on podcasts. We want to have backlinks. We want to have a partnership program that we have to build. And then part of it is, okay, we are need to experiment with new things that we need that might not, not have worked for FreeUp or we might not have done with FreeUp that we need to build and systemize and pass off. So that first month of doing something, you're throwing things against the wall. You're seeing what works, what doesn't work. You're By the second month, you're fine-tuning it. You have a good idea what doesn't work. Maybe you start interviewing someone, you create that SOP, you've hired them by the end of the month, and then you spend that third month training them, really fine-tuning it, getting off your plate so that you can focus on other things. Because what most entrepreneurs do is they 
keep adding and adding and adding to their plate. And they don't realize that they need to be subtracting and delegating at that same time. So by having that rule in your head where everything I come up with, everything I try that works, every system I have is something that I systematize and pass off to someone else. That's how you make your business scalable and virtual assistants are a great affordable way to do that. Sounds good. Nathan, what made you and Connor decide to sell free up? Yeah, it was an interesting time. I mean, we I don't think we went into 2019 saying, hey, we need to, I know we didn't go into 2019 saying, hey, at the end of the year, um, we need to have this thing sold. One of our clients reached out to us about halfway through the year. Uh, they're called The Hoth. They're located about an hour and a half from me in Tampa. And they said, hey, we love FreeUp. We've been using FreeUp for a while. We want to get into the VA and the freelancer space. Uh, we, we've acquired companies before. Would you be interested in being acquired? And I think like any business decision, we we always heard them out and they presented us, or they asked a lot of questions and they finally presented us with an offer that we thought was more than fair, if not aggressive. And then we did a lot of due diligence on them. We didn't want to sell it to someone who's going to run into the ground or hurt our relationships or treat our internal team poorly. And we couldn't have been more impressed during that due diligence process. I mean, they'd taken other businesses and scaled them. They were even better at systems and processes than we were. They had a lot of ideas to take free up to the next level. They treated people well. We got to visit their office and they've won employer of the year five years in a row or something in Tampa. And so we were very impressed with them. They did a ton of due diligence on us. And I think that's where having a really good team and really good SOPs really benefited us because we had a structure and a system and a process for everything. And then once they decided to move forward after the due diligence, we had the decision to make. And we looked around and we said, we only want to do this if this is a win-win-win for everyone. So we made sure our internal team's jobs were going to be secure, their raises, their bonuses. We ended up taking $500,000 from the deal and giving it to our internal team in the Philippines and making sure the new owners were good with that. And then at the end, we looked at it as a win for us, a win for them, a win for the partners and clients and freelancers who were going to get someone even better at scaling than we were, and a win for our internal team who put so much hard work into building free up from the ground up. And, and we're going to get an immediate plus long-term benefit on top of that. And so we made the decision to sell. Wow. Well, congratulations on thinking this all through and reaching a good conclusion that not only benefited the owners, but also sounds like benefited a lot of people that are part of the free up ecosystem. Yeah, we, we hope so. And we've been in touch with the new owners. Uh, I was just talking to them last week. I mean, we, we're partnering with them with FreeUp and my new company, Outsource School. We want them to succeed. We love the internal team. We love the new owners. We love everyone there. And I mean, they've been, they obviously are going to make changes and, and most of them have been great. There's some that we either have questions about or we have taught, we have things to bring to their attention that they might not be aware about on how it affects different things. So they've been kind of running stuff by us and we've tried to give them the best input that we could. And they've been awesome with asking for feedback and suggestions. And they've had, like I said, a lot of good ideas that, that we didn't even have. So we're excited to continue to help them and work with them going forward. So Nathan, as you said, going into 2019, selling free up was not on your radar. So I guess one could say that it was a pivot. Once you decided to sell it, how did you decide what to do next? A lot of conversations. I mean, there was a transition period. So for 90 days after the sale, we were helping transition them and making sure they were set up to be successful. So during that time, I don't think it was too realistic to be working on a ton of projects. So during that time, Connor and I were, were just talking, hey, do we want to get into real estate? Do we want to stay in the VA space? Do we want to move on to something else? Do we want to take a break and just take two years off or whatever it is? Or do we want to retire? Like, well, what's the plan here? And so 
we started just reading books and reading blog articles and checking out different things and deciding that we wanted to stay in the VA space. A lot of people started reaching out to us, asking us if we could teach them how we did it because free up not only was in an eight figure business, but it was completely run by virtual assistants. There was no office. There was no U.S. employee. It was me, my business partner, Connor, and 35 VAs in the Philippines. And we didn't just wake up one day and cross our fingers and hire 35 people and hope it works out. We had real systems and processes that took us years of trial and error to build from interviewing, onboarding, training, and managing to hiring VAs to get on podcasts, hiring VAs for bookkeeping, lead generation. And people started asking us how we did it. So then the idea of outsource school came about and we created our first course, Cracking the VA Code, which dove deep into interviewing, onboarding, training, and managing. And we launched into the world, not really knowing what the feedback would be. And so far, it's been overwhelmingly positive. And we kind of turned it into a membership where if you buy that course, you get membership for a year and you get all our other mini courses like podcasts and lead generation included. Our software developer that was part of the buyout at FreeUp that built the FreeUp platform wanted to join us because he loved working with us. And he's building this VA SOP builder that we're going to include. Um, and we hopefully, if that goes well, build out a bunch of VA software to complement our education, to even complement our partnership with FreeUp. So it all it didn't all come together in one day. It came together with one idea for a course, and we've kind of been expanding from there. Nathan, as you and Connor were going through that thinking process, what resources and information were most helpful for you to make an informed decision about where to put your time and your money? I mean, honestly, just talking to my business partner, I mean, yeah, I read a bunch of books on real estate and now I'm reading stuff on membership sites and, and sales and all sorts of different things. But I think we wanted to, I think the first thing was establishing, hey, we've been working together for eight, nine years now. Do we still like working together? And luckily, he still wanted to work with me and I want to work with him and we still enjoyed it, which I think is a testament to how well we've worked together. And then from there, it was all about finding something that we both enjoyed because we didn't want to do something that I liked and he hated or, or vice versa. So it was really just a lot of conversations, a lot of talking to different entrepreneurs who have exited other businesses or been a part of that. And 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 just talking to the community, the people that have been following me over the past four years of, of what would actually benefit them. And it was a combination of all those things. So where are you now in terms of uh, development of Outsource School? Yeah, I mean, it's up, it's running. People can get Cracking the VA Code. They can join our membership. They get access to a bunch of free mini courses that are out that we're gonna continue to churn out. We're about to, about to launch a partnership program for workshops. So let's say someone knows how to hire VAs for graphic design and Connor and I don't, they can come in and teach a workshop and that'll be part of the membership. So we're building that out. We're about 30 days away from launching this SOP building software. So it's coming together nicely. We've had over 150 people sign up to, to buy the courses and join the membership. And we're looking forward to growing. Right. And who's your target market? So I, I think the cool thing about Outsource School is it, it applies to every different entrepreneur out there. I think just because of my following with FreeUp and my experience in the space, it's e-commerce sellers and people in the marketing community. But we've had people that have joined our membership that are in real estate or software or they own brick and mortar stores. I mean, it is a little bit all over the place, but I think the online businesses, the, the marketing agencies, the e-commerce sellers of the world they're the main target. Although with COVID-19, everyone's kind of shifted remote. So that's kind of been a game changer. Yeah. So, so let's talk about COVID-19. What what do you see as some of the challenges for your business and maybe some of the opportunities as well? Besides the health crisis, there is a huge economic disruption going on. 
Right. And I think the most difficult thing, and it's it's not really to complain, it's more just an interesting time to start a business because we launched Outsource School really the first week of lockdown is it's very tough to see like when something's working or not working, is it because of COVID or is it be not because of COVID? Because I think the way that Connor and I work is we try a lot of different things. We get feedback, we tweak it over time. And then, and now if we, if we're launching some things that work and some things that don't work, and that's pretty normal, but the things that don't work, we're like, okay, is this going to work in six months if this all passes, or is this just a, a bad idea? So I think it's just a little bit tougher to judge whether Corona is a factor or not, because I think one day, who knows how long it's going to be, we're going to get back to maybe not the exact same life, but hopefully some some type of, of similarity to life before and and what that'll look like after. I think long-term, the world was going remote anyway. I think COVID just kind of sped it up. And it's kind of the same, the same conversation I had with the new free up owners the other day, where it's like, hey, after this is over, more people are going to have to hire. More people are going to have to hire VAs and freelancers. And more people on the working side are going to realize, hey, that job I thought was secure really wasn't as secure as I thought. And they're going to want to freelance and have multiple clients and, and build their own business there. So I think it's going to have a lot of effects. I don't know if I'm going to be able to predict them, but I think freelancing and VAs is a good space to be in. And I think it's just a weird time to, to start a new business. Yeah. Nathan, what else do you think you'd like to share? about your own experiences and what's going on with Outsource School? Yeah, I think systems and processes is the name of the game. If you want to sell your business, you can't do it if you don't have the systems and processes. And I think I was kind of the face of free up, right? People kind of viewed me at that. And what I heard for four years was you'll never be able to sell free up or make it sellable because you're the face. No one wants to buy a company where you're the face. And my counter argument to that, which kind of ended up being true, is listen, yeah, I'm the face, I'm the marketing, whatever, but someone can always come in with a bigger and better marketing budget, new ideas, and take me out of being the face and do their own lead generation, their own marketing. That part of it's pretty replaceable. It's the day-to-day operation of the business that completely runs without me, where I have 30, 40, 50 page SOPs for every single part of the business that if I leave for two weeks, the day-to-day continues to run, that's what people care about. And when they were doing due diligence on me and, and Connor, they wanted to know, hey, how does billing work? How does customer service work? And within five minutes, we could say, here's a document that answers every possible situation that could come in. And that made us look really good throughout the buying process. And I think what Outsource School is going to teach you to do is to create those systems and processes, having a system for interviewing, having a system for onboarding, having a system for firing people, having a system for customer service and bookkeeping. Every little part of your business turns into a system. And when you systemize stuff, you can afford to hire cheaper and cheaper people. Um, Now that you should lowball people, because I had VAs making over 20 bucks an hour and we gave a a lot of money, a lot of money with the buyout, but it allows you that flexibility. And I was talking to someone yesterday who was interested in buying outsource school and he was a, a ClickFunnels designer. And he said, hey, yeah, I just keep looking for like $20 to $30 an hour, like high level ClickFunnels people. And they they never like do it the exact way I want it to. And I said, do you really want a $20 to $30 an hour ClickFunnels person? Like if they're really good, it's just a matter of time until they increase their rates or try to go direct to your clients or, or your business just depends on you finding these high quality people. What you really want is to break down your process into lots of different repeatable processes and delegate it to cheaper people that do the same thing over and over again. And not only protects your business because people can't leave if they only know one part of your business and take your clients, but it also makes you scalable where you don't, you're not relying on top town at all times. You can just, when you 
get more clients, you input more people into the teams that, that need more people. So kind of changing that mentality is what I hope a lot of people get out of it. And hopefully outdoor school is one way to help you get closer to that goal. Yeah. So I can't agree with this more, especially on Smashing the Plateau. We've had um, a lot of guests that are solopreneurs, people that are consultants, coaches. They they run small professional service businesses. And uh, one of the things that I see is that they're generally not great at systems and processes. Everything is in their head. And so um, even for a small business or a one-person business, it's still really important to have systems and processes that other people can follow. Yeah, completely agree. I mean, it's really the key to growing your business. There's very few solo entrepreneurs out there that are doing a million dollars a year. At some point, you need to hire if you want to scale and grow. Right. Yeah. And and to me, a solopreneur is not, it's not a business that actually only has one person in it. I look at it as there's one person who's the primary deliverer of the offering to clients and customers, but I have yet to meet a solopreneur where that person doesn't have somebody else who's on his or her team. One of the examples I often use is most business owners will have somebody else prepare their tax return. And that person, especially if that person used the same person for every tax reporting period, that person's part of your team. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, <laughs> at the very least, like the, the lawyers, the accountants, that's kind of your starting point. And then you should look to outsource and delegate more and more. Exactly. Exactly. Nathan, what's your what's your dream for outsource school? I mean, I want to grow it bigger than free up. I don't think anyone sells a business and says, hey, I want to I want to start a smaller business. I, I mean, we want to get it to that eight figure mark. I think we have a lot of work ahead. I mean, we want to build this into a membership, into a community that that it really benefits people. I think Connor and I, from the beginning, we said, hey, if, if we sell 50 courses and make a little bit of money and everyone hates the course, we're just going to refund everyone. We're not interested in making a quick buck. We want to make it uh, something that actually benefits people where they want to be part of the community, where they're telling others about how awesome their community is and how it helps scale their business. And I think Connor and I have a lot of knowledge that we can share, but I think we also are very open and honest when we don't know how to do something. And when someone joins our membership and they say, hey, I want to learn how to hire VAs to do X, Y, Z, and Connor and I don't know how to do it, we can bring in an expert that does and really add value in that way. So I think that that's our, our long-term vision. That sounds great. Well, Nathan, if someone wants to go deeper with anything you've shared today or to learn more, or access any resources you have, where would they go? Yeah, so I'm very easy to contact Nathan Hirsch on Facebook or LinkedIn. Feel free to connect with me, Real Nate Hirsch on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can go to outsourceschool.com. We have outsourceschool.com slash VA calculator. We have this cool tool that'll help you figure out how many VAs you can afford right now, whether it's one VA for 10 hours a week or four full time or anything in between. A very cool tool. And um, yeah, hopefully I can help your community in some way. Sounds great. Well, Nathan, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us again on Smashing the Plateau. It's been great watching you evolve as an entrepreneur and um, getting this update today has been terrific. My guest today has been the CEO of Outsource School, Nathan Hirsch. Thank you again, Nathan, for joining us. Thanks for having me. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, You'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. Today, we learned some key strategies to being successful as a serial entrepreneur and much more. Please share this episode with friends and colleagues to help them smash the plateau. And remember, when you support our sponsors, you help us bring Smashing the Plateau to you for free. 
Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.